go to work, forget to take the meat out, and one of us is still home. Hey, take out the chicken, put it in hot water, you know, take out this beef, whatever it was. And so, uh, but, <laughs> but praise God because Anthony probably didn't even know, but we're going to be talking about gratefulness. We're going to be talking about gratitude, Thanksgiving today. Uh, we are in our nine-week challenge series still, and uh, we're just pretty much challenging the church. The first and foremost, listen, we all, everyone say all, have been called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We all have been called to have an action step in our life. It's not just about, well, I'm a Christian, right? Do you know what Christian means? Or is this just something that you just have had in your mind? It means you are a follower of Jesus, right? And so to be a follower of Jesus means you just, you just, who just wants to walk and follow where someone goes and that's it? No, we need to walk, but we need to not just walk, we need to emulate. We need to reflect the same attributes of who it is that we are following. And being a disciple is just that. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is looking at Jesus Christ, watching him live his life, and saying, how can I reflect all those things to my neighbor, to my family member? And so we talked about discipleship, that it is important that we have been called to not just say we're disciples either. See, we, we can call ourselves a lot of things, but what we do is something different. To be a disciple means now I am doing what Jesus Christ told me. And because I'm doing what Jesus Christ has told me, what I've seen him do, now other people are starting to become like Jesus as well. We're disciples who make disciples. And so we've been saying, hey, well, these are some, there's a lot more. But as a church, we said these are nine, nine disciplines that we believe that as the church of Jesus Christ, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we ought to have applied in our life. I always joke around with you guys about the hygiene, right? A discipline that I hope everyone has is that you brush your teeth nice, you know, early in the morning, you floss, you brush your teeth at night. There are certain things that you do that you were taught as a child that you do religiously today, and that's because they were instilled in you as a discipline, and you did it, right? And so as Christians, as Christ followers, we have been covering a few that really will help us be the disciple in which Jesus calls us to be. We talked about in our first week, identity. That we have to know who it is that we are in Jesus Christ before we can do any of these other things. Because if you don't know who you are or what you, why you do what you do, then you're really going to lose interest by the time you get to, you know, um, uh, discipline or challenge number two or number three. We talked, about, we talked about the Bible, understanding the truth of how important the Bible is, what it is that it means. We talked about meditating on the Bible, that it's not just about grabbing the book. And reading it and say, hey, I finished my devotion for the day. Or I'm on day 200 and something, something out of my 365 Bible reading, reading challenges. Are you proud of me? It's not just reading, but it's meditating. Because when you meditate on something, you get to reflect on it. God, what is it that you are telling me from this, from this passage right here? What is it that you want me to, to apply to my life? We talked about hospitality about applying that discipline in our lives, that we need to be hospital pe hospitable people, not just with those that are in our inner circle, but those that are maybe in our outer circle. We talked about in the church setting, right, when someone walks in that hasn't been here in a while, man, storm them. Pass by the one that you see all the time or you send messages to. Go to the one that you haven't seen. Share your story we talked about, right? We all got a story. And sometimes the best way that you can get someone to begin to walk towards Jesus Christ 
is letting him know or her know where it is that you have been and where Christ is going to. It'll be more powerful than you reading a, a, a passage from the Bible. Jose talked about prayer walking. Last week we talked about generosity. We talked about generosity, how we need to be generous. That, those, that, that needs to be a discipline that we have as Christ followers, not just in the monetary way, but we need to be generous in, in our time, generous in all kinds of area. And this week, I flip-flopped them. It was supposed to be something else, but I figured let's do this before Thanksgiving and not after. We're going to be talking about gratitude. Gratitude is a, 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 a discipline that we need to have as followers of Jesus Christ. Gratitude plays a big part in our discipleship formation and well-being as people. We all have experienced, right, what it feels like to be on the receiving end of ungratefulness. How many people here have been on the receiving end of ungratefulness? You do something for someone, maybe. You sacrifice. And, and, and not that you do it because you want to hear the thank yous or whatever, even though, you know, it makes us feel good, right? But, but when it just gets dismissed, and you're like, man, I'm really ungrateful. I, gave, I, I stuck my neck out on the line for you, and this is how you repay me. It doesn't feel good. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's enough to make you choose not to be generous or anything good anymore. That's it. I'm done. I'm done, you know, going out on a limb for people. I'm done sacrificing for people because people are so ungrateful. How many times have, have those words come out of your lips? You see, gratitude should be a discipline that we as Christ followers must put into practice that becomes a way of life for us. Gratefulness, the Bible shows us, naturally bears fruit in us. As we begin to practice this in our relationship with God and others as well as how we manage our time, how we manage our talents, how it is that we, we measure our treasure. See, the definition of gratitude, or at least one of them, is the quality or feeling of being grateful or thankful. Thankfulness definitions on, on some uh, dictionaries is conscious of the benefit received, expressive of thanks. Well, the Bible has something to say about this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. If you have, you can use the Bibles in front of you if you want. You can turn to page 1171. I love you so much that I look up the page numbers for you guys. While we're trying to, uh, we're still working on replacing these projectors. 1171, if you want to follow along or if you have your smartphone. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. I know some of these smaller chapters are really hard to find on your own. That's why I gave you the page. And I'll be reading from the new, uh, the, the NIV version, which is the version that you have in front of you. This is what it says. It says in verse 16 of chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Everyone say all. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again for you. It says rejoice always. When? Pray continually. When? Give thanks in what circumstances? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
I'm going to dissect this a little bit. This is a very short sermon, but we're going to dissect this a little bit. What I want to talk to you a little bit today about, because I believe that this small, I mean, three verse, it really is like the size, the length of one verse passage in the Bible is so, so powerful. It tells us to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want to talk to you guys today about three habits that you can implement on the road to greatness. Three habits to implement on the road to greatfulness. And the first one is, you guessed it, it starts off the verse, rejoice always. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Rejoice always. Make an attitude of rejoicing your default mode in life. Make an attitude of rejoicing your default mode in life. You know, sometimes when you purchase something, uh, an electronic or whatever it is, the things come from the manufacturer in like default mode. You know, that's, that's the way it's set. That's the regular way. If you want to change it, if you want to go on ahead and maybe change some wires and, and, and maybe turn the speed of it, I'm thinking, I'm trying to take my HVAC stuff to a way that you guys will understand. But if you want to alter it, then, then you take it out of that default, default mode and you have to kind of put it the way you want it. But what I'm trying to tell you is I want you to make an attitude of rejoicing, like the Bible says, your default mode in life. That mode that it's automatic. Okay? And I say make it because being grateful is not natural. You have to work at it. If not, the whole world will be grateful. And we'd be, you know, like in a Willy Wonka song or something. Verse 16, rejoice always. God is calling you. God is calling the church. God is calling all those who call on his name to rejoice always. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. I don't got the page for you on this one, so. It says this, listen. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Not only does he say it once, and not only does he say that you got to always rejoice in the Lord, but, but he says, I will say it again. Like, can you hear me? Listen to me. Rejoice, he says. Verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible, I know, I say that every week. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It makes, it, Paul makes it a point to continue to say, man, our calling is that we are to be rejoicing always. The secret to rejoicing in the Lord always is found in praying continually with thanksgiving and not allowing worry to rob our joy. You see, because there's nothing like a little worry to rob our joy, right? Sometimes you feel like, man, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a joyful mood. I'm rejoicing today. And all of a sudden, something happens. Someone calls you, tells you something. Your boss says something. Whatever the case is. And now you're starting to worry a little bit. And forget it. There goes the joy. Forget the holidays. I'm worried. I'm worried because my boss looked at me this certain way. I must be getting let go. I'm worried. And there goes the joy. By praying with thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul says, 
we remind ourselves all that God is doing and what he has done in us. Now, how do we combat? I, I preached this message a, a year ago, a, a very powerful message that I, the, of lessons that the Lord taught me while I was in a difficult season. But man, we're, it's easy to be anxious for things, but when you start praying with thanksgiving, you know, when you start saying, God, I love you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that I have. Thank you, God, for the, for the meal that I ate. Mine must not, it, it wasn't that filet mignon I wanted, but it was something. Thank you that in this cold weather, man, every time I walk into my house, when we're cold, frigid weather like it is today, I, I thank the Lord instantly. My kids already know it. I'm like, thank you, Lord, that we have a home with heaters. You know, because I think of all these people that are outside that don't have shelter. And so I, even though I'm not necessarily on my knees praying, I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I have this. That maybe, you know, for some of us, maybe it might not be in the house that I want, in the neighborhood that I want, but I've got shelter. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because my spouse is driving me insane today. And, oh, my gosh, they've been nagging. He's left his socks over there. The dishes are there. But thank you that, that I love that, that, that this job. I love this job. Thank you that she's a great parent to my children, that he's a great father to my children. My kids are driving me crazy. They, they're not listening to anything that I'm saying, but thank you, Lord, that they are alive and they don't have to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that once I was lost and now I am found because I know the truth and your word says that the truth sets me free. That's enough right there for you to stump on any worry that you have. God, I don't know how I'm going to provide. I don't know how I'm going to have enough, but thank you. Thank you that I have. And thank you, by the way, because I remember when I was in this situation and you there. You see, we got to get into that heart of praying, thanksgiving to the God, to God, because naturally when we start doing that, we start putting ourselves, we kind of kick worry to the side. And now we start thinking of all that God has done for us. And if God did it for you back then, he's going to do it for you today. But you got to have that heart. Got to have that heart of thanksgiving. Not in that place where, man, God, I'm in this situation again. I'm in this situation again. How? How, God? How? Thank him that you, you even got breath in your lungs to say what you're saying. It puts all things in perspective. Amen? Three habits to implement on the road to gratefulness. The first one is rejoice always. Make an attitude of rejoicing your default mode in life. Next, the next one is pray without ceasing. Not only are we going to rejoice always, but the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Engage in prayer as an ongoing conversation. I don't know about you, and everybody does it different, and, and whatever works for you, but I, if someone says, Pastor, what's your set time to pray? I don't have one. I don't have one because, to me, that conversation never ends except for when I go to sleep. Because it's an ongoing conversation. I'm constantly talking. Look, people may drive next to me and think I'm crazy. If I'm not singing, man, I'm, I'm speaking to the Lord a lot of times. I know somebody here, too, that just speaks to the Lord even when he's working. God, I can't figure out why this screw won't go in. Can you give me the knowledge to do that? Some of you guys are looking at him, so you know who it is. I think I heard him pray more than ever when he was working in my house than uh, an evangelist getting ready for a big old party. Pray without ceasing. Verse 17 says, pray continually. 
continually. The Greek for this says pray without intermission. What's an intermission, right? We go to plays. We go to, you know, uh, Broadway in Chicago or when I was here, the Elmwood Park would put on some pretty good Broadway shows, man. They would half the price or less. And there was always that intermission. And sometimes that intermission came in the best part. And now it's a break. And now you got to go use the restroom, do whatever. There's a pause, right? What Paul is saying, according to in the Greek language, is pray without intermission. That means make sure there is no pause. And I'll tell you why. Because when there's a pause, that's where the enemy who, who prowls around us like a lion is always waiting to see, when can I get him? When can I get him? And what better time to fight, to attack? Then when we're on intermission, you know, I don't think of intermission from praying like that. It says pray without intermission, without, or, or uh, this brother says this. He says, without allowing prayerless gaps to intervene between the times of prayer. That means if you're going to have a time of prayer and you're going to say, no, I do pray for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever the case is before I start my day. Amen. Good. But don't let it stop there. Now, I'm not saying that you got to be like, you know, everywhere you go and people are looking at you weird. But in your mind, you're meditating, you're praying, thank you, Lord, whatever the case is. Charles Spurgeon, he said this. Listen to this. He says, when joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratified. When joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratitude. No, no wonder why Paul says, right, to rejoice always and to pray continually. May, uh, I'm going to just give you a couple quotes that I found on this. Maya uh, Angeli says this. She, she says, let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayers. And let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Michael Eckhart says, if the only prayer you said was thank you, that would be enough. Pray without ceasing. Pray with the heart of gratitude. Pray with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, sometimes there's been some times where, I, and I can only speak on my experience. That's why you hear me a lot say me, right? I mean, sometimes I'll be in whether sitting down, whatever the case is, and I'm just saying thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Without stopping. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I, sometimes I, I don't feel like I even have to say everything else. It's just, I'm just, it, I have a heart of gratitude. I, I challenge you that maybe even when you don't feel like you have, you're not, you know, you're, you're in a rough time. You're in a rough situation. Just, and you can't find the words. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. Keep just saying that. And I can promise you that God will start to allow memories or, or things to get into your heart and your mind to remind you of other certain more specific things that you're thankful for. And then start saying those things as well. I don't know how to pray. Say thank you. Say thank you for five minutes nonstop. But mean it. Mean it with all of your heart. And I bet you God will start to do something in your heart. Before you know it, you're going to be in a long conversation with him. Amen? The next one, the last one is in everything, which we're talking about, give thanks. Choose to give thanks in every circumstance you step into. Verse 18 says, give thanks in all. When? When? In all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Isn't that something? Paul doesn't say, give thanks when things are great. 
He doesn't say, give thanks when, when you feel like things are going your way. Give thanks when, when you've heard good news. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, good or bad. You receive bad news, Lord, I give you thanks. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to throw a party. I give you thanks, Lord, because through this situation, it's very hard for me, Lord. I don't know what you're doing, but I believe you're doing something. I believe that you're making all things work together for my good. So I give you thanks. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I wish it could be another way. We talked about wrestling with God, remember, a couple months ago. You can say all those things, but make sure that you tack on, but thank you, Lord. That makes all the difference. That changes you sounding like you're complaining to God to saying, God, I'm wrestling with this, but I thank you. I trust you. I trust you. In all circumstances. And then another key part. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For this is God's will in Christ Jesus. Listen, when we're telling you, Paul is telling the church, the Thessalonians here, and God is speaking to us. And he's going on ahead and say, pray without ceasing. Rejoice always, right? He says, give thanks in all circumstances. Paul is saying this, but then he ends it with something that is very critical. And he says, for this is God's will. What is God's will in my life? I don't know, but the Bible's pretty plain and simple right here. He wants us to do these things. He wants us to apply these things in our lives. He wants us to go on ahead and rejoice always. He wants us to give thanks in all circumstances. He wants us to pray without ceasing. That is the will of God. We don't got to go through this whole training seminar, uh, you know, uh, mountaintop experience to figure it out, out what is his will. Yes, there are things that are more specific to your life, but if you can begin to practice these things, then it will become a lot clearer for you to see what are the specific things that he wants you to do. How do I make gratitude and thanksgiving a habit in, our, in my life? How do we make gratitude and thanksgiving a habit in our lives? The first one is practice the discipline of giving thanks daily. Practice it every single day. Just do it. Some of you guys are really good at this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Some of you guys got to work on it. Make it a discipline. Make it a discipline. Give thanks to God daily, first and foremost, and then to others around you. Cultivate the habit of being grateful for every good thing that, that comes to you and give thanks continuously. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things into your gratitude. So go on ahead and put, put gratitude and put thanksgiving into practice in every single thing that you do, even when it's not great. That's, that's where I really want you to practice. When things are not great, when your kid just uh, really annoyed you, thank you, God, for my child. Right? When the person goes on ahead and flicks you off and then cuts you off on the road, thank you, Lord. Someone's beeping behind you one day. Be careful because it might be me testing you to see. <laughs> I say that we were driving my parents were taking me out to dinner for my birthday uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and it just so happened that we didn't leave together the house. So 
just so happened we were right behind him. My mom didn't know that. He's going nonstop. I want to see what grandma's reaction is. And I didn't want to put her in her spot because I love her too much. So I didn't beep, you know, but it would have been interesting. But put, but put gratitude and thanksgiving into practice. Well, let's put it this way. <laughs> you guys are into this. Um, I remember when I, I started driving. And uh, actually, no, no, I had gotten my permit. I went to school. And that day, they handed me my, my permit. So I said, all right. So it's, my mom was picking me up that day. And I, you know, and we that was like north side of the city. That's like Lincoln and Peterson. So, you know, that's pretty, I mean, congested everywhere in the city. But that's pretty congested where streets are going in all different directions. And as soon as I get out, I'm waving my permit to my mom. And she's like, what? What's that? I said, I got my permit. Go to the, that, go to the passenger seat. I'm driving. And she's like, no, no, no. I said, mom, I got my permit. I need to practice. You know, you put that. You put that guilt to me. I need to practice, you know. So she goes out ahead. This is the first time. It's a true story. I'm not sure if you watched it this time. But um, but um, so we start driving. And literally, once we get to the intersection, I'm getting ready to make a left turn. Now, left turns are not easy, specifically when you're this is your first time. You're really, really driving. So I'm taking my time. And, and I'm not kind of going when I should. What happens in the city of Chicago? You got the person behind you beeping and all that. My mom, true story, literally sticks half of her body out of the car, starts yelling at the car behind me, hey, why you beep me? He's driving for the first time. I'm like, oh, my gosh, mom, get back inside. So I can, you can see why I didn't want to test my mother in front of my children and beep at her. Anyways, end of story. But put gratitude, church, put gratitude and thanksgiving into practice in all the circumstances. This default mode of gratitude, the Bible says it is God's will for our life. It's his will for our life. He said it. We got to do it, right? Because why? We're trying to be disciples. We're trying to be disciples who make disciples and make disciples. Jesus says, go out to all nations, right? Make disciples of all people. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them. What it is that I taught you is what Jesus taught us. Now, people wonder today, what's God's will for, for my life? Living in gratitude, practicing it with others. What's God's will for your life? Living in gratitude and practicing it with others. You can't practice with others with what you don't do yourself. Right? So begin applying that, that discipline of gratitude in your life. Amen? There are many people today without peace in their lives. And people are around us, and they see and they can experience firsthand people who are giving thanks in all circumstances. Then they will see the gospel fleshed out in every practical and attractive way. We have a great church. We can do this. This is something you can do in your workplace. And I'm sure some of you guys got stories. I remember when I was younger, I, I worked with, uh, in, in our department, it was an older lady, she was an African-American lady, and man, but the stories you were hearing her going through, struggling with, it was like, oh my word, but she, you always saw her happy and, and joyful and always thanking God, and that, that, that right there, I remember, and I, you know, I was a follower of Jesus Christ at the time, but other people would talk about that, and I can't believe how, how happy she is. Even though, like she was like, every day, something else is happening. 
He was doing it with passion of Jesus Christ for people who didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's, we get to, we get to look back to that. It's a privilege that we have. We have a privilege to be a part of this journey with Jesus Christ. We have a privilege to be his stewards. We have a privilege to be his vessels that no matter where we go, we can display him without even necessarily saying a word. But just by looking at him, they can tell something is different. So today's challenge, or this week's challenge, is I got two things I want you to do, okay? The first thing I want you to do is I want you to write thank you notes to people who are in your life and practice this week giving thanks to God daily for everything in your life. So first, I want you to go on ahead. Actually, there's three things. First thing is, man, if you don't got any, I mean, you can write it anywhere. You can send it a text message. You can go to the dollar store and get some thank you cards. It doesn't have to be just two. Write thank you cards Man, it'll be a, you'll be blessed when you're writing it down this week. Imagine the blessing it's going to be for someone else, especially this day and age where, uh, uh, you know, handwritten cards, you don't see that, you know, too often. To know that someone actually took the time to grab a pen and get a, a note card and write it and give it to you, that means a lot. So do it to two, at least two people, all right? That's the first challenge. So make sure you do that, all right? The second thing, as I already said, give thanks to God daily for everything in your life. Every day that you wake up, I want you to think of one or two things, whatever it is, that God has done for you or maybe just anything. And just, like, I want you to verbalize it. Say it out of your lips. Tell God, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Say it. Say it so that, that you can hear it, not in your mind, but through your ears. All right? And the third one is very practical. I think most of us are having Thanksgiving dinner at some point this week, right? Not everybody get it, celebrates it on on. Thursday, but what I want you to do is, especially if you're hosting, if you're not hosting, ask permission of whoever is hosting, um, that this is something my family has started doing, they actually started doing it the year before, the first year that it was just us five who had dinner by ourselves, um, and we started putting where we're going to say, why, what is it that we're grateful for, and why are we grateful for those that are sitting there around so I want you to do that. I want you to go on ahead and, and not just say, because it's easy. You just say, oh, I'm grateful for this turkey, especially to my kids, right? I'm thank you for this drink. I'm thank you for, you know. But I want to challenge you that not to say what you're thankful for, but can you say why you are grateful for the person that's sitting next to you in the service at that dinner table? And, and, and make everybody do it. Make everybody do it. Like, we're not going to eat until everyone's done. All right? Man, that'll be such a fruitful time. It'll be so fruitful because you never know, especially if you're going to someone else's house or family, you don't know what the person next to you really, how they're feeling. They could be there just because they're out of obligation, really feeling, you know, uh, discouraged. And by them hearing you and maybe possibly other people tell them why it is that you are grateful for them, man, that can change everything. That can change everything. So those three challenges to you, all right? Stand up to your feet. Thank you. And while we're in the season of gratitude, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you guys. Thank you to each and every one uh, 
that is here today, watching online, that has been a part of this ministry. I'm grateful for you. I love you. I always thank God for each and every single one of you guys. And so let's take this. Thank you. Take this. It sounds like we're doing a lot of Thanksgiving today. Church, can we take it outside the four walls? And keep that heart of thanksgiving. Keep that heart of gratitude. Let people, when they, the world sees you, they say, man, look at this guy. This is someone that, 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 that is filled with thanksgiving. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we come before you and we thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for this time in which you have given us. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for the opportunity that you have given us to, to receive of your word. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to worship here together. Thank you, Lord, that we are in this building, that, Father God, that we, are, we, we have heat, Lord Jesus Christ. We're comfortable that we can freely come into this building, Lord, and not worry about what others might do to us because we are coming to worship you. Thank you for the ears that we have to hear, to receive the word that you've given us. Thank you for our hearts, Lord Jesus Christ, that we would be able to receive your word, Lord, that you have spoken to us today, Lord, in our hearts. Lord, in a world that is filled with so much bitterness, Father God, let us be your light by reflecting, Father God, gratefulness, reflecting a heart of gratitude, Lord Jesus. We love you and we thank you. We thank you for the biggest of all things, Lord, and that is that even while we were still sinners, you, Jesus Christ, stepped down and you died and you paid the price for us. You gave your life for us, Father God, Lord Jesus Christ, so that we, Father God, that we can have everlasting life. Thank you for bridging that gap between a sinful heart and a holy God. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. Lord, I pray as we get ready to dismiss that you would be with your people today, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would watch over us, protect us, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, for the challenges that we set, Lord, that you would put people in the, your church's hearts and minds, Father God, Lord, to go on ahead, Father God, and right after the service, rather, if it's through a text message or rather is writing a note, Father God, Lord, that they would go on ahead and put the people in their hearts, Lord, that, that really need to receive these this, this news, Father God, this, this news of thanksgiving, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that even great stories will materialize out of that. I pray, Lord, that no matter where we go with our plans today, this week, Father God, Lord, I pray as your families get gathered, Lord, to uh, celebrate Thanksgiving, Lord Jesus, that you would remind us who it is that we are. That you've called us to be the light of this world. You've called us to be the, the salt of this earth, Lord, that you did not call us to blend in, but you've called us to stand out. And we thank you, Father. Reflect your love through us, Father God. Church, I leave you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you all. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you peace. In Jesus' name, with the heart of thanksgiving, the church of God says, amen. Amen and amen, church. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.